Hello, Allison. It's so good to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Heather. I'm glad to be here. Oh, me too. I've been looking forward to this conversation. For my guests, I have Dr. Allison Cook here, and I got to discover her. You don't know this, but I've kind of been stalking you, Allison, <laughs> because <laughs> I went down to a retreat in Claremont, man, I want to say almost five years ago, where your co-author, Kimberly Miller, was there with you with your first book, Boundaries yes. for the Soul. Mm-hmm. And several times people kept saying, you remind me of Allison, Heather, you, you need to meet Allison. I go, why is this the one retreat where Allison didn't come? I think you were sick. <laughs> but it's so fun to have you here and not even more so to have you here for your, your new and latest book, The Best of You. And for my people who are watching me, I'm holding the book up. For my listeners, I'm holding the book up, but it is on Amazon. And I have just been so thoroughly enjoying this. And your focus as a counselor is on... Sounds like integrating both your faith and the journey of our mind, heart, spirit. You could probably do a much better job explaining who you are, what you do, but this is what I've loved so much about the book, but I want to just hand it over to you. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Heather. And I'm sorry. I was bummed. I missed that retreat as well. There's always so many (laughs) great people uh, that Kim gathers. Uh, I am a psychologist and my degree is actually in religion and psychology. I was fascinated Mm. with this idea of the psyche, which, you know, has come to mean you know, the study of the mind, but really originally psyche was about the soul. And so there's this idea of ourselves as spiritual beings and what does that mean and um, everything related to that. And this book really is sort of my own journey of this idea of true self, which has really Mm -hmm. been around forever. Um, It's kind of taken on new connotations and more popularized lately, but what does it mean to have a self and why is that really, for me, the question has become, why is that so important to the work of setting boundaries? You know, everyone, mm. my work, it's like, everybody wants to set healthy boundaries. And as I kind of backed my way into it, I was like, well, really, you can't do that until you understand this you, this person that you need to protect with mm. those boundaries. And so it comes out of my clinical work and it comes out of my own uh, journey, you know, just mm. trying to figure out what it means to become a whole self. <laughs> so that's kind of my area of specialty is how do we how do we become a whole self? How do we become a whole person? How does that mean this idea of boundaries, which sometimes people think is negative? You know, it's again, mm-hmm. but really it's just the outgrowth of being mm-hmm. a human is having mm-hmm. these healthy limits. And then how do we bring our faith or our spirituality into that? Oh, I just loved it. And it, here's a funny thought that I had as you were talking. Did you find that you kind of wrote your book for you? <laughs> It's part um, of your journey. A hundred percent. This one, a hundred percent. Yeah. Me too. I mean, me too. Yeah. I wrote the book, The Life You're Made For. And I'm like, yeah. I think oh. it's it was me saying to myself, Heather, this is the life you're made for. This is why you get to believe what you believe. I mean, it's almost my personal manifesto and I hope it helps other people. But I yeah. I, I saw you working out so much of your own journey in it. And I appreciate it. I felt like you kind of lifted the veil back up and said, yes, I'm a psychologist and a theologian. but here's why I believe what I believe, but more importantly, here's some of the experiences that got me here. Yeah. And and I wondered if you could speak to a little bit about that. What were some of the driving experiences that really made you say, I want to start talking more about true self? Yeah. I mean, my, my background was growing up in a, in a very kind of overt faith-based community. And it was, it wasn't even, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a negative experience. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Um, that being, you know, so I developed a love for God and a belief in God and a faith at a young age. And that became very real to me in college. I went back East. I grew up in a little town of Wyoming. I went off to, it's ironic. I went off to an Ivy league college and that's where I really kind of, um, kind of paradoxically, my faith came alive, you know, not that that yeah. was what was going on on the campus, but that for me was sort of this, Oh, I think this is, this is real. And, and I want to follow this, this person, this, this, you know, this Christ person, you know, mm. um, I, in a, in a, in a deep way, it meant a lot to me, but here's the thing I, uh, and that was real. And I never faded from that, but I didn't have a clue how to become a person, you know? Mm. And so I knew all the spiritual stuff. I knew a lot of Bible verses. I knew a lot Mm. about how to be a good person. I knew a lot about, you know, character. All those are good things. I knew a lot about loving other people. I had no clue literally no clue how to be myself Mm. and that that was a worthwhile pursuit. Mm. In fact, I thought it was selfish. You know, I thought it was bad. I thought Mm -hmm. that, you know, of course we're supposed to die to ourselves. We're supposed to deny ourselves. These are messages we, anybody, most of us get, if you're in part of a faith community, but we really get them, you know, a lot of different ways. And I really took that literally, Mm -hmm. you know, if I, I should never think about myself, which is really a terrible recipe for life. And so, you know, come my early thirties and I essentially had a, you know, many, you know, I Mm. completely uh, had, I was lonely at complete burnout essentially Mm. um, because I hadn't paused to pay attention to Mm. myself. And Mm. so, yeah, absolutely. This journey, you know, comes, this book comes out of my own journey of learning you know, I always say there are three relationships. There's God, others, self. Mm-hmm. Well, that third relationship is important to that triangle of relationships. It's yeah. deeply important. Oh, I so, so agree. And I'm with you. Why did mm-hmm. it finally click in midlife? I guess I want to ask you that question. Why do you think, one, we avoid it? And why mm. do you think maybe it takes maturity until we embrace it? Hmm. That's a great question. You know, I think it's hard. It's, I think there's, we have to bring in the, the, I want to say it might be harder for women. And there's Mm -hmm. probably a lot of reasons you and I could talk about that. Is that nature? Is that nurture? Are we more conditioned, Mm -hmm. you know, to set ourselves aside? Is that part of our wiring? I'm not sure. I think that's a chicken and egg question. That's fun to debate, but I do think it's real. Mm -hmm. I do think as women, for whatever reason, we are more um, conditioned, we are more trained to essentially, um, set ourselves aside to mm-hmm. a fault, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, for us, caretaking. you know, the, mm-hmm. the call is to, Hey, it's okay that you have a need. Hey, what do you need to do for yourself today? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also true for people, you know, anyone who's been, I had a, a couple of guys, a lot of guys read the book, but any, even guys who've been in any way, especially, you know, people of color, anybody who's been marginalized, right? They're, they're already dealing with this. I don't belong. I don't fit in. So when the message for that person is, well, just deny yourself that that's not the right message mm-hmm. um, for folks who've already been sort of diminished, set aside, mm-hmm. sidelined. Yeah. In and unheard life. and unlistened and unvalued. Yeah. yeah well yeah. said. It goes so much back to balance. Yeah. Making sure that you let yourself recognize the journey you've been on. Yeah. So that you can get the equipped what you need to continue the journey that you know instinctively you need to get to. Yes. 
Um, you said something about it, you didn't even know how to become your own person. And I saw that in the book. I just love that. And I love that you're so honest about that as a psychologist, and again, as a theologian, and as, as your final yeah. intersection of your faith and, and psychology. Because I think I want to ask you, what were some of the signs that made you come to that self-awareness of, wow, I don't <laughs> even know me. And as yeah. you're kind of working with people, I'm sure you're starting to see yeah. some of those signs. But what are some of those universal signs that say we've kind of lost ourselves, and it's yeah. time to go find ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very aware of the cliche, right, of the therapist who knows how to help everyone else and has <laughs> no clue and is rigidly and dogmatically denying her yeah. own symptoms. You yeah. know, I mean, it is a cliche, and it's also true. Um I was, you know, almost finished with my doctoral work. I had been working as a therapist. I had been working as also working to put myself through graduate school, um, volunteering at church, you know, one by one, uh, my girlfriends were getting married and moving away. And, you know, each one of those micro, you know, nothing major, Mm -hmm. but each one of those little things, I just kept pouring myself more into the work of giving out and not pausing to notice, oh, wait a minute, I I'm losing my community. Oh, wait a minute. I, I don't have any friends. Oh, wait a minute. I'm living by myself. Oh, wait a minute. All I do is work and go home and sleep. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, I wasn't aware. I wasn't paying attention um, and just working harder and harder and harder. And for me, what, ha- you know, in hindsight, I can see the, mm-hmm. the symptoms lining up for about a year um, yeah. <laughs> it, at the time, mm-hmm. literally one day. And it's fascinating to me, right? Because we mm-hmm. study this stuff. Our body, our bodies keep the score as you know, Bessel van der Kolk says so poignantly. Um, one day, I it was fascinating. I had a, a day off, and I thought, "Oh, this is great because I've been working really hard. I just need to." And all of a sudden, I'm sitting by myself in an empty apartment that was literally like a white box, like it wasn't decorated. Another, you know, wasn't taking time to literally kind of care for my own space. And and I just remember sitting there, and there was no one to check on. There was no one to help. There was no work to be done. And instead of feeling relief, I literally had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And I knew what a panic attack was because I studied it. And diagnostically, I was like, this is a pan- this is an anxiety. <laughs> I am, <laughs> you know, but all that head knowledge yeah. does no does you no good mm-hmm. when you're in the middle of it. So, you know, in that moment, I called a friend of mine who was a therapist, you know, and was like, I'm, you know, and she, mm-hmm. you know, had I had people there and in, but it was just. It was like I all that head knowledge mm-hmm. do, doesn't do you any good because the reality is you have to learn to pay attention to the cues your body is sending you. Mm-hmm. And so over the course of that next year, that's what I had to do. There's no shortcut, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I've had to do it several other times in my life. Like, oh, I've got to go through this same process that I take other people on. Mm-hmm. I've got to learn to t- turn around, take a look at myself, pay, my body's worn out. My, I am exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know, my, here are the cues. Now I've learned to kind of pay attention a little bit more in advance, but I would say those are the cues. I mean, you don't have to have a full on panic attack or full on breakdown burnout, but mm-hmm. loneliness, resentment, mm-hmm. starting to be resentful towards the very people, you know, you're mm-hmm. trying to help. Um, just that edginess, that irritability, mm-hmm. anything where and and you're not pausing to go, mm-hmm. what is happening with me? Mm-hmm. What is going on? You would do that for a friend mm-hmm. that you noticed. You know, hey, you seem mm-hmm. a little off. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a little edgy. You're a little more amped mm-hmm. up. 
what's going on with you? It's learning to do that with ourselves. Yeah. Oh boy. I have a couple thoughts running through my head, but it makes me think of this. It's an allegory I use throughout my book about this little girl who gets to be given a bracelet and she loves the bracelet until she gets a bunch piled on and it prevents her from jumping on her tire swing and spending time mm. under the stars, both of which help reveal her true self and help her return home to herself. And it's, it's this very simple allegory, but my clients now will all use it and say, Heath, I need help getting on my tire swing today. Heath, I've got too many bracelets. I'm trying to balance and like, you know, when's the last time I spent time with the stars? I don't even know where the stars are anymore. And that's the work I do. And I will say all this with my fingers mm. pointing back, but I'm leading to this question of what makes us avoid ourselves or worse, abandon ourselves? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think th- I want to say three things. So I love that metaphor. It's beautiful. You know, just that idea of the, mm. the weights, right? Mm. Um I think one is just the way wound, childhood wounds, trauma, the way we were conditioned. You know, if we mm-hmm. were never taught, you know, it's just not in our, we were never taught mm-hmm. how to care for ourselves, how to honor ourselves. Mm-hmm. How would we know? You mm-hmm. know, how would you know how to do that if you weren't taught that? So number one, and and worse if you were neglected or abused mm-hmm. or even just, even just benign neglect, you don't mm-hmm. know what it feels like to be cared for. So number one, number two, I think it's kind of in the you know, culturally, we're not, I think it's changing, you know, I think this is changing. But for those of us who grew up in the 80s, early 90s, you know, we weren't, we didn't get those skills. Um, Mm. This idea of talking about emotions, even negative ones, naming, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. naming is taming as you know, Dan Mm -hmm. Siegel says, so naming what we're feeling. That was not part of the ethos, you know, of, mm-hmm. of the eighties. You know, I think it's more and more for our kids now, you know, mm-hmm. um, to get curious about what we're feeling versus, um, kind of just shoving it aside. Mm-hmm. You know, I was barely on the back end of the era of children are seen and not heard. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that whole thing. And then, um, and then I would add in this cocktail. I talk about it as a cocktail of what I call codependency in the book, this, this, if you this these church messaging that again aren't bad, but they get misconstrued of die to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's all mm-hmm. about others. You know, you should put yourself last, which are well intended, mm-hmm. important messages that can in a, in our culture today. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, we need a little bit more of that in some places. Mm-hmm. You know, where mm-hmm. there's too yeah. much. It's yeah. all about course. But correct. then yeah. there's this other extreme where yeah. it's like, oh no, no, actually, we need to center you a little bit. Yeah. So. I love that. I love that. And I, I too grew up in the eighties and one of the, I don't know if you'll remember this. Do you remember the acronym for joy? Did you? Oh, did you I grow? do. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, yes. I'm telling you that thing did a number on me for my listeners. What I was taught growing up in a very faith-based religious kind of space was joy stood for Jesus, others, and yourself, which means if you were to live with true joy, you were always putting Jesus first, then others, and then yourself. And so what that did to me, and what I call it, I call it the good girl syndrome. It told me that I am not worthy to ever be put first. And worse, it created a shame messaging that said, not only do you have to put everyone else first, but the moment you try and put yourself first, um, you're letting everyone down, you're letting yourself down, you're doing the bad thing. And which led to, this goes back to the allegory, 
well, I'm going to pile those bracelets on all the way up to my neck and right. to enjoy a tire swing. Ooh, that's horrible that's, to enjoy right, time under the stars, actually listen to, and I call those, I use those two things as a contemplative rest and an active rest. Mm-hmm. Cause I believe in the rest is where we find ourselves again. So yeah. we then spend, and then this is where I'm looking at it as a shame message. we spend so much energy running from ourselves to try and keep ourselves distracted from maybe this shameful sense of self needing attention. So yeah. the erroneous yes. message I got, oh. which is the dark side of sometimes the faith piece is you're not allowed to hold yourself in an equal position with anyone else and to, and to, to try and put yourself first, you're moving into really selfish territory, which yeah, is shame is yeah. Go ahead, keep going. Well, shame is such a great way to look at it because especially in a faith context, if you're essentially taught, you, you are bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. theologically, yeah. you are bad. Mm-hmm. And that's changing. Again, I think a lot, there's a lot, mm-hmm. there's a lot shifting in the right direction there. Um, without the the equal counterbalancing message of you were you were originally created good, mm-hmm. God made you good before well got broken, you know, before yeah. we all inherited our own brokenness. But that does is create this shame message, right? I'm mm-hmm. not worth mm-hmm. paying. And also, then what happens is if I do, if we do start to pay attention to ourselves, the first thing we feel is shame, which we don't know what to do with. So we're like, forget that. I don't want that. I'd rather we just have numb. panic attacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd rather just, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just easier to kind of mm-hmm. stay across the surface, numb anything that's hard, mm-hmm. you know. And then, but then, as Brene Brown says, we numb the pain. We also numb mm-hmm. the joy, the true mm-hmm. joy. So yeah, there's just so much in that cocktail. I think that that we're starting to tease out, and this whole idea of self care to me that is not at all what we're talking about. It's it's not that it's bad, it's good, but it's so much deeper. Mm-hmm. This idea of selfhood, what I talk about in the book, really understanding what it means to have a relationship with yourself, a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with yourself is so much deeper than just this idea of, you know, self-care, taking a day off every once in a while, which is also important, but one tiny part of that. Well, and that's why I love that you unpacked it so well for someone like me. So I've got this here I know in my head, I've done all the research. I do all the work. I've written the book, but that little eight-year-old girl self creeps up sometimes and says, you shouldn't be over there taking a bath and actually relaxing when you've got 50 emails waiting for you, right? You shouldn't be, you shouldn't sit down and have your own meal when your kids are running around and they're, they're hungry. (laughs) You shouldn't do anything for you. Right. And so you live with that constant uh, inner voice yeah. But then you get this fearfulness where you start seeing some of this narcissistic, selfish behavior that makes right. you rein you back in that says, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't want to turn into that. So yeah. I think what I loved in your book, um, and I'm looking at it right in front of me, you you talked about selfishness, selfhood, and selflessness. Mm-hmm. That helped me go, oh, I love <laughs> that she's not going to let me drift over to selfishness. That's right. That's right. And I, I love that you helped me create those containers to stay safe, so to speak, that I get to continuously evolve with my sense of self and call other people to join me in that and to join other people That's in right. that as well without right. us moving into this extreme um, selfishness or narcissistic behavior or That's self-indulgement. Right. 
that just takes yeah. us out of life or makes us lose touch with reality. Can you speak to That's a little right. bit of those three areas? I just loved it. Yeah, because so much of selfhood in, in the chart, which you're alluding to is it's like selfishness. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. Whatever I want, I do. You know, I don't care what other people think. Um, that's not what we're after. That's not mm-hmm. healthy. Mm-hmm. Selflessness, which is sometimes held up as the model, is I never think about my needs. I mm-hmm. only think about others. I always defer to other people. That's also not healthy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't lead to healthy relationships, doesn't lead to healthy, you know, work, it doesn't lead to healthy anything. Selfhood, as in the middle column, as I have it in the book, is I consider my own needs and mm-hmm. I consider your needs. Mm-hmm. I consider my own kind of convictions and mm-hmm. I consider the what you're what the insight you're giving me. Mm-hmm. I consider both of us. And it it actually leads to real relationships. Because mm-hmm. you got two people. Mm-hmm. each with their own set of ideas, each with their own needs, each with their own wants. And guess what we got to do? We got to talk. We mm-hmm. got to negotiate. We mm-hmm. got to come together. Mm-hmm. That's a healthy relationship. So selfhood is having the strength to know what I need, know what I want, know mm-hmm. what my values are, know what my gifts are, know where my mm-hmm. limits are. Not so I can lord them over you, but mm-hmm. so that I can come to you open-handedly and say, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I want to know who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's where a beautiful start to healthy relationships, healthy community actually begins. Sometimes we had set aside things that we want, mm-hmm. but when we have a strong sense of self, we're not doing that, but in a martyr, you know, saying like, ah, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, it doesn't matter what I want. It's like this, I would prefer to do something else, but you know what? There's a higher good here. And so I'll set that aside mm-hmm. for this higher good. That's. Mm-hmm healthy Mm self-sacrifice. It's not, not knowing what you actually want or need in any given moment. Well, and it also seems like it would really address loneliness. Yes. Isn't loneliness a form of avoidance almost? And I, and I'm not, I don't want to make this an easy catch all, but I think one of the, one of the reasons behind loneliness is this fear of revealing your true sense of self. So you yes. show up for relationships, what I call the tap dancing. You're just kind of tap dancing all the time saying, what is it you want from me? And I'll deliver that so that I can make sure that you're feeling good. Because again, I'm putting myself last and I'm just going to yeah. keep serving you. And then we walk away wondering why we're depressed, anxious, lonely. These Because we're not letting our true self show up to have that beautiful relationship. Worse, yeah. we continuously attract people that are like, well, I kind of like this. She just keeps tap dancing for me. Then it, it's this habitual thing, but it takes a tremendous amount of courage to show up and say, I want to join a kind of a 50, 50 relationship here. I care what you think, but I also want to know that you care what I think. I'm finding that that's an extreme barrier for people when they are used to doing the tap dancing. That's right. Yeah. It's a two way relationship. Mm-hmm versus a one way, which is really what codependency is. It's all about you or, you, you know, on the other mm-hmm. flip side, you could be someone, a narcissist who's like, it's all got to be about me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, in chapter eight of the book, so I walk you, the book kind of walks you through kind of reclaiming your sense of self, but then really it gets into relationships because mm-hmm. that's, we don't want to be alone to mm-hmm. your point. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and chapter eight is all about these authentic connections. Mm-hmm. And I talk about the ways as I love the tap dancing metaphor again, that we please produce, perform, you know, we, and we wind up in relationships we don't really want, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. and it's vulnerable. And again, why do we not mm-hmm. want to do this work? Well, it's scary. What if I show up and say, Hey, this is who I am. And you're like, Oh no, thanks. That's, that's painful. But what people don't realize when you are connected and, and really solid in yourself and someone rejects you for who you really are, it, I promise you, hurts far less than when someone rejects you for some persona mm-hmm. you've created. Because then you have both the rejection and the self-betrayal and, and self-shame and, and all the, oh, why did I do that? When you just are you, there's such a freedom, mm-hmm. even when someone else, you know, maybe it's just like, you don't care anymore because Mm -hmm. you're just, you know who you are. So there's less of a loneliness happens when we're alienated from ourselves. Mm. We can be surrounded by other people, but, but so that some balm to loneliness occurs when we reconnect to who we really are. And also when we begin to draw in the people who want who we really are. It's it's a twofold process. That's so good. I had to write that down. Loneliness is when we are alienated from our sense of self. And I've definitely experienced yeah. that. And as you were talking, it made me want to ask this question. I know you've experienced rejection. I've experienced rejection. And you're right. When it's a persona out there, you're right. it's a double whammy. It feels hard yes. for two reasons. But more recently, I'm thinking of a conversation I had about a couple months ago, and it was full-blown rejection, man. I put myself out there, and it did not go well. And I'm sitting there going, oh, this does not feel well. This does not feel well. And I had this interesting thought, though. I was like, this would have crushed you years ago. This would have like mm-hmm. really been hard to rebound from. But I was like staying in that moment saying, this hurts, and it's uncomfortable, but it's simply because they don't know what to do with your pain. So mm. we're all going to be okay. And mm. you get to scoop yourself up and go take your pain somewhere else where someone else knows what to do with it. That's and good. you still get to love this person. I mean, that was a huge breakthrough for me. And I guess yeah. I want to ask you, what recommendations do you give for people who have dealt with the rejection and they don't know mm-hmm. how to rebound back? Yeah. Well, first of all, I love what you're saying. Cause I think that's true. It still hurts. Mm-hmm. I've had that experience too, where, and frankly, there's a reason we hide or mute mm-hmm. ourselves or there's a reason. Sometimes people don't like it when we show mm-hmm. up, even in our pain or in our glory, <laughs> you know, they yeah. don't like, sometimes people like either one Yeah, um, and it hurts. So that mm-hmm. I don't want to minimize that, but I love what you're saying because there is this sense of, again, when you're connected, which is the opposite of self alienation, when you're deeply connected mm-hmm. to who you are to, you know, in my language of faith to the God who made me mm-hmm. and delights in me, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like, ouch, you know, and I always t- t- say to people, let that be an ouch mm-hmm. versus uh, I suck or I, you know, I'm oh. a terrible person or I'm, I'm going to go and a shame spiral right for 10 days right let it let's get right. it to an ouch yeah um i'm sorry i want to just add if you're not, i don't i should i i hope you're okay with i suck i i kind of just was in the moment oh no so I'm, I'm okay with that and even more 
<laughs> you're good. Stay in the moment, Allison. Stay in the moment. You're, you're going. <laughs> all of a sudden, I was like, I'm like, some people don't like that word. But I mean, that's what you feel, right? Like, that's what yes. I feel. I'm like, I'm like, I suck, you know? Yes. Um, but I, 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 I've learned in my own life and I see it all the time in the people with whom I work. You move up to a ouch, yeah. but guess what? You also then know how to go to the people who you've cultivated healthy relationships with after you've done this mm-hmm. work where you're like, ouch. And they're like, yeah. And they know what you need. So you're also known in that. That was the big surprise for me. I talk about in the book, I had another kind of trauma. It was a medical crisis two years ago. And what was fascinating to me with that one, it was medical, so it was totally different, but I still had to go through a process was, oh my gosh, I have people around me who get me. Mm. I And I, I was like, it still hurt. It was still scary. I still dealt with all the feelings, but it was so different to go through that experience going, oh, I cultivated these authentic connections. Yep. So I'm not alone. Yep. So I think, you know, it's, it's like the mm-hmm. more health you mm-hmm. bring, the more health you cultivate, the mm-hmm. more health you have when things are hard, when the rejection comes, the more resources you have. It all kind of is a, a virtuous cycle, an upward cycle versus that downward shame cycle. Well, yeah, and I love, I think you said this a little earlier, and I just love this phrase of staying curious with yourself. I think going through that trauma and staying curious with the community and the people that you had chosen and that they got you. I think that's so powerful. And in my experience going, oh, this is really awkward. (laughs) This person is not getting to me in my trauma and we're all going to be okay. Just stop talking together. Stop talking lay on this plane, see if we could get out of this conversation, give them a hug and, and go find your other people. And it's, it's, it's all going to be okay. You know, I could, I could feel that you could feel it. You could feel it. And I think that's that, that piece I want to offer to people stay curious with yourself versus, and I've done this before. I've taken that grief and that almost that humiliation of they don't get me. There must be something wrong with me. I do. Suck. That's right. <laughs> this just confirms my suckiness, <laughs> you know, which is the shame spiral, the shame right? spiral. Which, yeah. And that is so mm. painful versus I love what you're saying. You found in your body yeah. in that moment. Oh, this isn't going well. I don't, you know, I can't. And it's almost like you imagine yourself steering the ship. Yeah. I can get myself out of yeah. here now yeah. with a minor bruise or a right. minor thing versus an obliterated, you know, yeah, (laughs) an an obliterated feeling that's going to last for days. And um, that is part of the work of health. And and it's Mm -hmm. not the most glamorous, right? We're not getting, you know, Mm -hmm. I talked a lot in the book about this is a, this is a process, you know, Mm -hmm. I I wish I could offer you this magic zap of the wand that you'll never feel bad again. It's not that Mm -hmm. we still get hurt. We still, but boy, I have noticed just it continually being surprised when I can come back to home base, come back to center, come back to myself, the freedom of mm. it's okay. I'm okay. We're okay. You know, we're okay. Mm-hmm. They're okay. Mm-hmm. I, even if that's someone I may in the future be a little more careful with or may not be mm-hmm. around much, I can let them go, go in mm-hmm. peace because I got me. Mm-hmm. I got myself. And I know I've got some people who've got me too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well said. And the only way you know you have those people is because you revealed your true self to those people. 
that's how you knew that they were sitting there waiting for you. And that's in my case too. I'm like, oh, I'm revealing my true self right now. And it's a little messy. And this relationship isn't able to handle it. And it's okay. But I know relationships who can. And so it's that, again, staying curious with what do you really need in this moment? And what are you going to let other people off the hook for that they can't give you? But you're staying curious about it. And you know how to go get it from the people that know how to give you what you need. Yes. Um, yeah, I just love that you, you, you spoke to that and I love that you're guiding us as readers and as listeners to just look at what we need in order to care for our sense of self. Mm-hmm. I really do see the link too, from your first book about how you mm-hmm. care for yourself. One of the ways that I, I do this and I tell this to some of my clients, especially when it's highly emotional pick up that little girl or that little boy, put them on your hip and get out of there. And that's learning how to say, I know how to take care of you, little little H, and I'm going to take care of you, big H. Right now, this isn't working, but we're going to go find someone that can in the middle of this this pain and trauma. And again, to your point about loneliness. So my first, I looked at the best of you as a little bit of a prequel to Boundaries for Your Soul. The best of Mm. you sort of the big picture, the journey. Mm-hmm. right? The whole journey. And then boundaries for your soul is the deep dive into where mm. your soul, a, a method of how to go deep into one part of your soul. And again, t- you know, when you, when you talk about, cause boundaries for your soul, and in this book, I get into the little one, the young one inside yeah. of us, the tender parts of us, right? Yeah. That is connection. Mm-hmm. So even if there's loneliness or alienation from this person, it's like, oh, but I got this young mm-hmm. me and she needs me and I've got her. And there's that sense of inner connection mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. is just so healing and so, um, you know, just so empowering Could be like, I'm mm-hmm. going to take, I'm going to take care of her. Yeah. So I love that. Well, and I guess I want to ask you this question too, Allison. Uh, what advice would you give to some people? I, mean, I think there's some listeners that are probably hearing this and they, they have enough self-awareness to go, oh my goodness, I can so relate, but I'm a little overwhelmed because I'm not sure what to do next. I think a lot of us are aware, and I think it comes a little bit more in our midlife where we say, I think I've lost pieces of myself or chunks of myself, or I feel mm-hmm. alone. Or when I am alone, I can feel that depression come or the panic attacks come or I'm doing anything to avoid spending time with myself. What advice would you give our listeners that are grappling with that and they're not sure how to engage with finding that Mm -hmm. sense of self again? Yeah. So two things. One, um, in there's a chapter in the book called Finding Your Voice where I kind of walk through the holistic learning to understand the different parts, the the protective ego, the the young, the young one inside of us, our bot listening to the cues of our body, which anxiety is usually of this, you know, an, a body, a body mm-hmm. experience, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's tension. It's, it's, you know, feeling in our, like, you know, crawling out of our skin and whatever it is. Um, if the process of getting curious to, you know, this mm-hmm. such a great, those two words are so freeing, getting curious. And go, I wonder why it's so interesting that I'm noticing mm-hmm. the anxiety. That's so interesting that there's pain there. If that starts to feel overwhelming to you mm. or flooding to you, don't do it alone. Get a friend. We call these trailheads. Mm. And I, you know, I'm from the mountains. 
you're in a mountain in the wilderness, did a lot of hiking in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. You see a signpost saying two miles, you know, down Mm -hmm. this road, down this trail. This trail is steep and it's dark and it's rocky. And it's, and, and it's like, I'm not going to go down that alone. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take, get a companion to go down that with me. So these, if there's a trailhead, a big trailhead, that's like, there's a lot of pain there. I've never looked at that before. There's a lot of depression there. There's a lot I've buried and to do the work of unburying it is going to be hard. Don't mm-hmm. do it alone. That's what a counselor is for. That's what a coach is for. That's what a mentor is for. That's what a good friend, mm-hmm. trusted advisor, or small group is for. Um, so that's a cue right there. If it feels mm-hmm. like too much, pay attention. Don't shame mm-hmm. yourself for that. That's a cue. Mm-hmm. Oh, that feels like too much. I need to get a, a companion, mm-hmm. somebody to walk with me. Mm-hmm. And then if it, but if you've done some of this work, I would just suggest I do a daily practice every morning of trying to notice mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically mm. a little, what is going on inside of me to mm. connect what's going on mentally, what's going on emotionally, what's going on physically. Sometimes I'll get it down to one word or a sentence. Um, sometimes it's longer just to pay attention. Sometimes I'm, you know, in, in traffic. Mm. What's going on with me? Check-in, MEPS. We, we called, my husband and I called it a MEPS check-in. What, what am I doing mentally? What am I thinking about? What's going mm. on emotionally? And the more you do that, the less overwhelming it is because you've mm. trained yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to trust yourself. Like, oh mm-hmm. no, okay, that feels big. I need to call a friend and talk about that. Mm. You know, you learn to pay attention. Oh, I love that. What are some signs that something feels too big? I think you'll feel, if something feels too big, you'll feel ang- anxious mm-hmm. about paying attention, thinking about it. It's like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, you'll, you'll just feel it in your body. You'll feel a sense of, Oh, I don't want to, no way. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you know, that's a good key. Okay. That's one to note, say, going to talk to a friend about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you notice yourself kind of a subconscious reaction, a, then every time I start to think about that I just reach for the ice cream or I reach for the, t- I just notice myself checking out. Mm-hmm. That's a cue. Now, sometimes we're not aware of that because we do it, you know, subconsciously. Mm-hmm. But if you start to notice, man, for a couple of weeks, I have just been reaching for the booze or reaching for whatever. Mm-hmm. There's something going on with me. Don't shame yourself. Mm-hmm. Tell someone, find a safe person. You know, I've noticed this. I, I kind of want to process this out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, you're speaking up for yourself. You're learning to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I'm going to get a little vulnerable here. So feel free to speak into my life. <clears throat> but I, I could feel that something was off in my life. And I think I want to speak to this idea of nurturing your sense of self. Yeah. Um, and this morning I, I thought, I, when's the last time I weighed? I'm seriously, I haven't weighed in like probably eight months. And my clothes were feeling a little tight. I got on the scale. I'm like, did I gain 13 pounds? <laughs> so not me. And I could feel the shame starting to creep in. And I literally said, I'm going to love you through this head. I'm going to love you through this. And I have been sitting in this question. It's it's so weird. Once you decide to love yourself through this and stay curious, mm-hmm. how the truth just gently starts coming to the surface. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm noticing is I am going through so much change and Mm. I am entering empty nest. I love my two babies. They're just amazing human beings and they're great friends to my husband and myself. Our marriage is shifting of 30 years 
everything from empty nest to kids to a career. And we're like, we're both in counseling and loving it and leveling up in our marriage, but just a lot of like uncertainty. My career has completely grown in my company. I'm speaking Mm -hmm. more, I'm doing things. Mm -hmm. So with each one, I'm feeling a little bit of that. I just think I need a brownie. Oh, I think I need a cookie. (laughs) It's that self-soothing. And I'm literally, okay, head, you get to find your tire swing and somewhere Mm -hmm. you lost it. And what I'm learning too, is the tire swing shifts. Yes. What I needed at 22 is not what I needed at 52. Yes. What I needed with two toddlers is not what I needed as an empty nest. And I'm trying yes. to stay curious, but I can feel a little overwhelmed with, yes. wow, I'm going through a lot of change. And yeah. I mm-hmm. see why you've been reaching for those things and you're going to be okay, mm-hmm. but we've got some work to do here and we're going to go find, we're going to find safe people, relationships to help guide you through some of the things that you're kind of scared about. Yeah. So I, I, I guess mean, I'm just kind of confessing that. I just think, speak to that a little bit, Allison. Coach, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's beautiful awareness. And just everything you said from the moment you were like, wow, okay, I could feel the shame. I tried <laughs> to kind of gently turn from that because that's it. We have to practice that mm-hmm. to getting c- kind of, and, and here's what I hear and everything you're saying, Heather, is you kind of realize, wow, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Of course, it makes sense that a part of me has been. I'm maybe I'm a little nervous. Maybe there's uncertainty. I'm not sure, but whatever it is, part of me mm-hmm. has been self-soothing a little mm-hmm. more than I realized. All of a sudden, when as you name, mm-hmm. there's a softening, and paradoxically, mm-hmm. right, the whole mm-hmm. nervous system kind of relaxes. There's a little softening, and it's I'm I'm going through this too. Listen, I could I just went off <laughs> social media. I did a social media fast uh, starting oh. a week ago, and I'm I'm. I could have everything. It's just like, oh my gosh, I had no idea how much I was tense, clenching. And when we're tense yes. and clenching and we're, we're numbing, we're trying to, you know, yes. And, and you feel your whole body just start to go. It's okay. We're going to get through this. We're starting to pay attention. You're going to be mm-hmm. more aware. Mm-hmm. My guess is that you're going to start to now be more mindful, slow it down. Mm. And again, it's not going into your linear brain. It's just being present, mm-hmm. to, you know, at, when you get up tomorrow, okay, let's notice what, wh- when, you know, what am I feeling today? Mm-hmm. What feels like too much? Is there mm-hmm. some fear, unaddressed fear about mm-hmm. my kids leaving? Is there some grief mm-hmm. that I haven't yet um, really paused? Mm-hmm. What is kind of at the root Mm-hmm. of that. And it takes just that, I, I don't want to say time because it's not just mm-hmm. literally time, but it's that deep time that, that it's almost less time. Mm-hmm. It's just that attentiveness mm-hmm. to just those deep breaths mm-hmm. of kind of letting, letting the numbing fall away, letting the thinking fall away till you just begin to notice what is the thing beneath mm-hmm. the thing, mm-hmm. you know, I'm mm-hmm. tired or mm-hmm. sad or I'm I'm just needing a little more blank, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I'm going through the same thing and it's Mm -hmm. fascinating to me and it is different than what it's ever been for me before. I think what's throwing me is I can identify trauma and pain, Mm -hmm. but when it stems from kind of cool things like success of children launching, 
what, what is this? Like, am I literally fearing like an adult relationship with my kids? I kind of am because I don't know what I'm doing. I kind of knew what I was doing K through 12. I don't really know what I'm doing and I don't want to get it wrong. And it's that fear of failure. And that's just one area. And I'm realizing, I think I have so many things shifting and they're so good, but I've been in this denial going, it's all good as I'm eating. It's all good. (laughs) Well, and just dealing with some of that. That, that transition to, to launching adult children, by the way, mm-hmm. does bring up attachment stuff. Mm-hmm. So even, which is, which is primal, which is, mm-hmm. you know, just, and so even if you've healed, done a lot of healing, any of the, any transition, especially with kids and especially with kids leaving the nest can bring up some of that attachment. A young part of you may mm-hmm. feel like they're leaving where, you know, 90% of you is like, this is healthy and good. I want my kids to go. But again, you know, there's so much that can go on internally with that. And it could be a tiny, you know, it could be just a young part of you that's like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, but, but we have to pay attention. So it makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense to me. And I think it's beautiful that you Mm -hmm. noticed it, that you're slowing yourself down Mm -hmm. um, and giving yourself that gift of just that attentiveness. Mm -hmm. Thank you, my friend. And for my listeners, I just want to encourage you, you know, I'm, I've got a spiritual director, I've got a personal mm-hmm. counselor, and we've got a marriage counselor. And I've jokingly referred it to as our team right now that is yeah. supporting us in such a beautiful, positive way, not a traumatic way, not in a way that makes you feel just dreading going and mm-hmm. seeing them, but more of a oh, a relief that right. someone hears you and sees you. And I think as uh, Dr. Allison talks about this idea of seeking out help and support. I just want to always encourage our listeners, stay in the driver's seat with that. If you're seeking out a counselor, a coach, a friend, I don't care if it's professional or informal, it gets to sync up with, does it make you feel more seen, valued, and heard? That's right. (laughs) Because we're in the middle of transition and it's a vulnerable time. And I have a very high standard for that. I am acutely aware that I'm in a vulnerable space. So I am very selective of both my professional help that I am inviting in. And I'm also very selective of my informal help, my friendships I'm inviting in, whether I'm sharing it with them or whether I'm just going to coffee and having a walk. There's still this space that I need to have um, people that are in my life that are supporting my vulnerable space without me even having to share everything. I think that I'm trying to say something that's just helping pro- almost a protectiveness for our listeners to say, this is vulnerable and it's mm-hmm. okay to slow it down to, that's right. And it's okay to step into this and say, I just need safe people. I need safe people. I need kind people. I need good people. And right. these are things I'm saying to myself that are helping me love myself. That's right being 13 pounds overweight or be overeating in, in comfort and fearing things. I still am in the driver's seat. I'm still navigating this and it's okay to get the right people in the car with me, but they better be the right people. And if they're not the right people, I get to ask them to politely exit my car because I'm working really hard here. We go through seasons and I, I I'm telling you, I'm going through the same. It's so fascinating listening to you, this energy, because we, but we go through seasons and if you think about olden days, you know, people got married, people kind of gave them space, mm-hmm. a lot, like even a year to bond to each other. Cause that's a transition. It's tender. It's mm-hmm. when you have a newborn, 
people give you space, mm-hmm. you know, when you go through these seasons and there's lots of them, but I love what you're naming. I'm in a season, you know, in psychology, we call them adjustments. Um, I don't like, I'm not, not a big fan of calling it. They're, they're actually adjustment disorders. I think they're normal. You know, I don't mm-hmm. like it. That it's an adjustment season. Mm-hmm. It's a transition season where you're like, oh, this is a mm-hmm. time to be careful who I let in my space. Mm-hmm. And you can say to people, I, I go through a lot of scripts because a lot of times saying no, and even to people we love are the hardest no's. Mm-hmm. Forget about toxicity. You can say to people, man, I'm going through a lot. If you don't hear from me, just know I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll check that and give yourself, you know, give yourself. Mm-hmm. that out mm-hmm. exactly. um, and oh, I love that you know it's it's okay mm-hmm. it's okay yeah. and if they can't respect yeah. that good to know you yep. know well it's part give of give yourself that out yep and it's part of giving not only getting to know yourself but helping people know what you need in those sensitive That's spaces right. um I had yeah. a text I sent to, to a friend uh last week wanting to get together with me and I could feel the overwhelmness of just getting together and I just literally said, I love you. I'm just not up for a face-to-face right now. Yeah. And she got it. And I love that I could say that. And I love that I had the awareness to say that. But I'm like, I don't know what it is in my life. But to your point, I got to go slow. Yes. I'm not able to keep up with the pack anymore. I'm not able to keep up with all the parties and the big, I need slower, softer, kinder conversations. And I need more solitude. Yes. And I think I've noticed some people fear this thinking that they're going to turn into a hermit. I want to say to you, my listeners, you won't. What you're doing yeah. is you're honoring yourself of That's all right. the adjustments that's happening. You'll return with more vigor and vi- vibrancy than ever. I promise. But if there- we delay it, we only prolong this, this uh, avoidance of our sense of self. You're, cre- you're creating a little cocoon. Yeah. Which, yeah. if you think about a cocoon, is the place. It's a seed. It's a seedbed for new life. It's yeah. not a cave that you go into. Um, and I think it's so wise and so important. And and for anybody listening, I love that you're just really hovering here because um, I think a lot of us feel this way after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We're going into the holidays. It's okay to really pull in, mm-hmm. pull mm-hmm. in, and be that much more present to the few people that you know. Mm-hmm you you re who really do need your attention including yourself mm-hmm. and trusting that the people who you need you know who aren't in mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. know space guess what the, mm-hmm. you're, you're you, this is a place where we go i'm not god mm-hmm. you know it's it mm-hmm. the, my limits are okay my mm-hmm. limits are okay i am going to do well the things that i know i need to do well including care for myself and i'm going to release over to others mm-hmm. those who aren't in my that circle right now. Mm-hmm. And it's humbling for those mm-hmm. of us who think we can be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> but it's such important work to go, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not, maybe every need is not my call. Mm-hmm. And if it's not my call, then someone else is going to come into their life. And how beautiful. I mm-hmm. release that, mm-hmm. you yes. know? Oh, beautiful words to end on. I I want to thank you so much for just taking the time to talk with me and to my listeners, because I believe what you offered is so much truth, but it's life-giving truth. And Mm -hmm. I want to encourage all my listeners to pick up her book. If you're like me, I read the first chapter and I thought, I'm bringing this to my girlfriends. I'm doing a book club on this because I want to talk about this. And these Mm -hmm. are some really beautiful friendships in my life. But I think as we wrap up here, Allison, I just want to ask you, 
what do you want to leave our listeners with that to encourage them in this finding their true sense of self and really loving themselves through it? It is so worth the discomfort, the, the mm. fear, the what if what if I lose everybody? The kind of the things you were saying. What if you know? What if I become a hermit? It's those are not normal fears. Mm. As you really allow yourself to surrender to mm. this process of becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are so worth it. There is a beautiful, uh, young little one inside of you that needs you. There is a beautiful mm-hmm. soul and that gift you giving yourself over to nurturing that relationship with you, with that young one inside of you, I promise you is going to bring more goodness, more beauty, mm-hmm. more light to the world around you. Mm. It's the it's the best gift you have to give. It mm. you will come out the other side of it. Mm. Um so surrender to that that uh, process of becoming and mm. um and hold those people, you know, hold those mm. people that that get that mm. because they're priceless. Love it. And you're worth it. I love it. I love what she yeah. said. You're worth it. All right, friends, we are cheering you on. We are behind you and we're doing our work too. <laughs> That's right. We are, yes, we, we are. We are not above any of this. This is stuff. This is a conversation we're probably having for ourselves more than even our listeners, Allison, huh? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate your authenticity. And again, I'm encouraging everyone. They can find you. No, no more on social media right now, which I applaud you. You're taking a break, but no worries. <laughs> she's on Amazon and she's, uh, you can find her book everywhere. And she's just, I have a, and I have a weekly email. I'm you still would. doing that so people can connect with me there, drallisoncook.com. But Perfect. I will be back on social at some point. Yes. And she's got a website. I've already sleuthed you on your website a little cool. bit and signed up for your email. And I do love your emails. They're very poignant. So thanks so much for joining us today. Th- thanks, Heather. You're doing great work here. I appreciate it. Appreciate the uh-huh. opportunity to be here. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> thanks for joining us today. We'd love a review. Helps us out quite a bit. Wherever you are, just drop a review. And you can find out more at heatherpenny.com. Cheering you on.